Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in on a blustery day. Oh, bother. You think uh, Quaid's tied up somewhere? Should we go look for him? I hope not, literally. That <laughs> would be bad. I would imagine that in the second half of the program, Quaid will be along to talk about the results, or rather the lack of results, from last night's yeah. Iowa caucuses. Which, they're still counting. Yes, they're still counting. They weren't able to count last night, which... Uh, to borrow a phrase from back in the day, left the national media in a bit of a dither because they didn't know what to do. <laughs> a dither, huh? <laughs> yeah, they were planning to have the results by a certain time, and they weren't there yet. And before you start with the conspiracy theories, it may all be to blame on technology. Apparently, they had an app that the Democratic Party of Iowa was using a brand new app to record it, and it only worked in about 20% of locations statewide. Yikes. So, yeah. All right, so they continue to count, and they're on to New Hampshire. They... Yeah, the candidates have since, it's like, I can't wait for this. No. I'm moving on to New Hampshire. It's easily, it's, it's, I'm interested to hear Quaid's take on Pete Buttigieg's strategy, because uh, Mayor Pete decided to just say, well, in lieu of actual results, I won! Yeah, he said he won. Yeah. I heard that at the top of the hour again. Yeah, to which Bernie was like, no, you didn't! You know, so... It'll be interesting to hear Quaid's take on that. It'll okay. be interesting to hear anything from Quaid, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> Let's get started with your part. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Steve Bull, of course, behind the uh, board, running things masterfully as well. Uh, good morning, everybody. Here's the latest in local news. Uh, Adams County uh, clerk and recorder Chuck Venvelo has submitted his letter of resignation. He did so Monday night during a meeting of the Adams County Board Executive Committee. He's held that position since he was elected in November 2014. Venvelo says he's resigning to take an opportunity he just can't refuse. His resignation will be officially accepted at next Tuesday's meeting of the Adams County Board. City of Quincy says that as of right now, it expects revenue in the next fiscal year budget to be slightly lower. Alderman last night heard a report on revenue projections for the fiscal year 2021 budget from City Comptroller Sherry Ray. She says right now revenues for the fiscal year starting May 1st will be $38,234,000. That's down 1% from this year. Ray says that while the local tax revenues will grow slightly, it's the revenue from the state of Illinois that's being forecast to drop. It's the state shared revenues that we're really seeing the drop, you know, income tax. PPRT, those, those two, they're declines. Ray says that while the number shouldn't be seen as alarming, it just means the city will have less money to work with. Every year, the price of everything goes up. So, you know, wages, health insurance, benefits, you already know pensions. So now we've got less money to work with to cover the same budget costs, especially if we don't increase our fees on, on any of the services we provide. More administration will have more presentations in the coming weeks on major changes to the budget, expenses, and capital spending. They'll likely present the budget in late March, which will need to be approved by the city council by April 30th. 
Council also approved resolutions authorizing spending nearly $13,000 to demolish an abandoned house at 1122 Monroe and to sell property at 629 North 5th for $500. Quincy Salvation Army says its 2019 Christmas campaign was a success. Campaign, campaign chairs Charles, Jamie, Jake, and Becca Scholes announced Monday that the Quincy campaign goal of $410,000 was exceeded with a total raised of over 415000 The organization says that the, the Tree of Lights Christmas campaign is their major fundraising effort each year. Money raised during the campaign helps provide Christmas assistance as well as funding programs and services that help individuals and families in Adams, Brown, and Pike counties throughout the year. The Illinois State Board of Elections says that over 700 former inmates of the Illinois Department of Corrections may have had their voter registrations erroneously canceled due to a data matching error involving both agencies, including 10 former inmates in Adams and several other area counties. The Board of Elections revealed Monday that matching based on information forwarded to the State Board of Elections incorrectly said that the individuals were currently in prison when they weren't. That includes two people in Adams County, three in Pike County, four in McDonough County, and one person in Henderson County. State Board of Elections says it's worked directly with IDOC to identify who the people were that were affected. Board also says they first saw the problem last November. Under Illinois law, voting rights are suspended while an inmate's in prison but are restored upon release, though the person must re-register to vote. The Board of Elections and Department of Corrections both say they're, quote, committed to ensuring this does not happen again, end quote. Illinois State Senator Jill Tracy says she and former Republican and other Republicans in Springfield will hold Governor J.B. Pritzker accountable on his promises made during his State of the State speech. Tracy, appearing Monday here on the uh, News Roundtable, says that includes not tolerating corruption in state government. Tracy says she hopes Pritzker keeps his word. I want to believe, and there's some very good ethics legislation that the Senate Republicans have put forth, and there's some very good legislation that the, the House Republicans have put forth. So we will hold him to what he has said, that uh, it is time to root out the corruption. The uh, Tracy says she's concerned about one Senate proposal that the Democratic governor did not mention in his speech. He did not mention the fair maps, the redistricting that will be done by the two Democrat state leaders in the General Assembly, Speaker Madigan and now Senate President Harmon. They draw the maps, and we have a great resolution in the Senate that was filed by a Democrat, Senator Julie Morrison, and there's enough, all of the, uh, the Senate Republicans signed on to this resolution, but it would allow us to vote for a fair maps amendment, change the way that Illinois draws its legislative maps. Tracy also says she was not involved in the 2012 emails from former lobbyist and state representative Mike McLean of Quincy regarding another Quincy resident and former employee at a Rushville prison. McLean said that Forrest Ashby had, quote, kept his mouth shut on Jones's ghost workers, the rape in Champaign, and other items, end quote. You can hear the full interview with State Senator Jill Tracy of Quincy in the podcast section of WTAD.com. Missouri Utility Association says the Hannibal Board of Public Works will see savings once a controversial wind energy transmission project is completed. The Missouri Public Utility Assistance recently issued a statement saying that the HBPW will see lower electric costs once the Grain Belt Express transmission project is up and running. The MPUA says the energy provided by the line would save the Board of Public Works about $750,000 a year. They say that statewide savings could reach almost $13 million. The project was approved last March by the Missouri Public Service Commission after several previous rulings against it. MPUA also says school districts and other lo- local jurisdictions in the eight counties in the path of the line will receive $7.2 million in tax revenues in its first year of operation. 
Also will create 1,500 trade, construction, and manufacturing jobs in Missouri. The Board of Public Works is a member of the MPUA. Scotland County man was hurt Monday afternoon in a one-vehicle accident just outside Memphis. The Missouri State Highway Patrol identifies him as 65-year-old Danny Short of Memphis and says the accident happened just before 1 p.m. on U.S. 136, a mile west of Memphis. Reports says Short's truck went off the side of the road and hit a ditch. He was taken to a Memphis hospital with moderate injuries. A Quincy man who was set to go on trial today in federal court on meth charges has instead pleaded guilty in a settlement with prosecutors. Jacques Goldston was due to go on trial in U.S. District Court in Springfield on two counts of meth distribution, one count of distribution of meth ice. Records show last week he pleaded guilty to one count of meth distribution. In return, federal prosecutors will likely drop the other two counts. Goldston admitted he tried to distribute meth in Quincy in late April 2018. He's being held by U.S. Marshals without bond and will be sentenced May 27th. And the city of Quincy says that a boil order that was issued over the weekend for customers on North 20th Street between Spruce and Sycamore has been lifted. You are free to drink straight from the tap. So knock yourselves out. So that is a look at the latest in local news. Of course, we'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAD.com and on our social media pages, including both Twitter and Facebook. And lo and behold, the magnificent one, Quadius Quaid, has entered the studio. Ahoy. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, things got away from me uh, out there trying to explain how the caucuses uh, work to uh, some, some people down uh, in the main office area, or at least having a conversation about the uh, process. Uh, about 12 hours ago, uh, it started really hitting the fan in uh, Iowa, and the uh, Iowa Republican Craig Robinson tweeted out uh, last night, eh, about 12 and a half hours ago, that if the uh, Iowa Democrat Party doesn't have numbers out by 10, there's going to be a serious issue, <laughs> and that was 12 hours ago, uh, and we still don't have numbers. So I texted uh, Craig this morning and said, you want to come on and talk about this? I said, this is problematic uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, firstly, for the state of Iowa, secondly, for the Iowa Democrat Party, for the DNC, and for the candidates themselves. Uh, this is problematic, although they've tried to make the best uh, out of it. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk with, uh, the plan is to talk with Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, on the back half of the show. We'll do that next on the News Roundtable. WTAD. Welcome back to the News Roundtable, Talk Radio 930 WTAD, and we're happy to be joined by the Iowa Republican, Craig Robinson. Uh, it was a long night for you last night, and it's been a, a very busy morning. Thank you for carving out some time to uh, spend with us this morning, sir. Uh, about 12 hours ago, well, about 12 and a half hours ago, you tweeted out, uh, if the uh, Iowa Democrat Party doesn't have numbers at 10 o'clock tonight, there's going to be some big problems, and that was over 12 hours ago. And these problems are are compounded. Um, where do where do you start with this? Uh, the the technology app, the the app that wasn't working early on yesterday. Should we start there? Start with the Iowa Democratic Party. Number one, I was um, I had some red flags going off kind of early in the day. You know, they had these satellite caucuses going. I was sitting in my office watching them on CNN. And so you know that there are people who have caucused around the globe, and there's results. And yet when I returned home at 8.30 at night from my caucus, 
um, I turn on CNN, and there's zero results. And I, I looked at my wife, and I said, well, how can that be? There's been caucuses all day, you know. There should be, you know, tiny little percentages in there. And then I thought, well, maybe they're waiting for the other results to come in to start to release those early satellite locations. Well, then when it hit 9 o'clock, I, I, you know, again, go to my wife. I say, this is, this is really odd. And in 2008, when I was running the Republican caucuses uh, for the Republican Party of Iowa, it was 7.10, 7.10 at night, the Democrats were flooding in results. Ten minutes after caucus time started, and I was I was like, how is this even humanly possible? And because everyone thought Republican caucus results would come quick because we only have one vote, and um, and the media is calling me and all that stuff. So Democrats have have always been real quick uh, to start firing in these these results, and some of it's because they're small rural caucuses and they get done quickly and. And, you know, there's no big problems. But I thought the fact that they were withholding results to begin with was a sign to me that something's odd here. And I know that this is the first time that they were releasing their overall turnout number. Um, But that shouldn't have really complicated things. And so, you know, like you said, it's now what? It's 1030 (laughs) the next day. And we still don't know anything, and I think this is uh, really becoming problematic. And it's not just a, a black eye for the Iowa caucuses or the Iowa Democratic Party. I think it's the death of the caucus industry and the Iowa caucuses altogether. Yeah, it was, uh, I guess, a week ago that on these airwaves, I, I stood and, and lashed back at an article from the New York Times wondering why Iowa had all the privilege to, to, to go first and I was like, "Don't aren't you exercising privilege in putting this piece out there? Why don't you stand down and do this?" And then, and then we get to the process. And I know that the, the Iowa Democrat Party were embracing technology. We're trying to get a lot of extra data from the, and and that's fine. This, but it's been years that they've been putting this into place. No, but 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 here's here's the thing to remember: technology and all the advances that we have seen over the last twenty years should make this easier, not more difficult. And, and, you know, part of this goes back to the early decisions that this party has made. So back in 2008, you know, we partnered with a little technology company called Google to do all of our um, data collection and, and for, our, for our tabulation. So it was all, it was all powered by Google. It was their, they're the people that, that all of this data flowed to and then they made it consumable for the public. Um, the Iowa Democratic Partner Party has never wanted to partner uh, with Google like we did. They had the opportunity in 2008. They said no. They had their own thing. They didn't uh, partner with Microsoft in 20 um, in, in, in 2016 either. And so I think that um, there's a question. And so now we're learning that this you know company, this app called Shadow of all things, is you know, has connections, obviously, to the Hillary Clinton campaign, but that should be no surprise. Um, but also, you know, the the person who runs it, their spouse is on the Buttigieg campaign. Well, that's why you don't you don't keep this stuff in party to do because it creates doubts, and you have to test these things, and 
and all of that stuff. So I I really question a lot of these decisions they made in, in, in putting this process together to get these results out. And now we're hearing it's a coding error of all things, which means we have all the raw data, but we just can't get it out. I don't believe it. Because if I if you had raw if I had raw data at ten thirty last night, I'm releasing it. I would you know it would have been crude. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be on a computer screen. But you could release raw data. And by the way, when you work for these parties, you typically also work with the Associated Press, and you give them a feed to what the raw data. And so if there's raw data, and they partnered with the the Associated Press. Again, there shouldn't be a problem, but I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions today that the Iowa Democratic Party needs to answer. Um, one, and and you, you mentioned releasing raw data. I believe Bernie Sanders' campaign did uh, that partially last night, and, and you and I were texting yesterday that Bernie right now was poised to run away with the caucus, uh, and now we have this snafu where Pete well, Buttigieg is claiming victory. Amy <laughs> Klobuchar is saying, well, we punched above our weight. Bernie's people don't trust this process from four years ago, and it, yesterday and right now it still isn't helping. No, and I, I think, again, like I think the biggest winner last night might have been Joe Biden, who wasn't viable in so many precincts that I saw results from. And that's the other thing I want to say. I'm just sitting there as Craig Robinson watching my Twitter feed, and I am seeing caucus results all last night. But the only person, the only person that didn't have any results to release was the Democratic Party. I mean, I saw hundreds of precincts. You know, it's like I, if, if I was smart, I would have tabulated myself as they came in. But, but you're right about Sanders. You know, this problem, whoever won the caucuses, they lost the, um, they lost what they the bump they would have gotten from a from a victory, and 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 all that comes with that. Much like Santorum lost it, you know, he was crowned days later. And and but the other thing is, is the loser gets by scot free. You know, Joe Biden wasn't viable in precincts in Des Moines, you know, which is shocking to me. And meanwhile, he comes out and moves ahead, and 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 you know, he's there's not going to be a we're not going to sit here and analyze these results like we would have if they would have come out as we expected them to come out last night. Our guest, uh, Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican. Uh, I'm noticing, uh, I believe there are sources uh, within uh, the Democrat Party that says Shadow is also involved with the Nevada Democrat uh, Party. <laughs> and, and that's just a couple of weeks, what, two and a half weeks from now? Yeah. Well, and, and, and here's here's the deal, too, is that T- the typical problems we have as a caucus state is that you're relying on all these volunteers to 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 run these things, right? And so if you don't plan accordingly, so like in 2008 when caucus turnout was through the roof, we didn't have – the problem with the caucuses was we didn't have enough ballots. We didn't have enough space to – actually house people and these are problems democrats and republicans had both had and you can work through those it slows down the process but you can work through that right this is this is a completely different thing no precincts were overrun last night you know the volunteers and 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 the organization that was put together all worked the problem is is the infrastructure that was tabulating the vote and again 
this is 2020. You know, I mean, technology was a huge help to us in in 2008 when I was doing it. I mean, cell phone coverage and all that stuff is better. It's easier to to have someone in these precincts, uh, you know, send in results right away because we're just better connected. And so these problems that we're experiencing, there, it's a real fatal flaw of the planning of the caucuses, not the actual um, putting them on in terms of the volunteer effort in all 1,700 locations. We have just seconds left, and I'm going to throw this question at you, and I know it's a lot longer answer than I'm going to give you time for, <laughs> but uh, four years from now, will Iowa still be first in the nation? Uh, yes, because it is harder to pick out who should go first than just leave the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. All right. Uh, thank you very much. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican. Uh, for joining us this morning on the News Roundtable. We'll be back in tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene tomorrow morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.